0: Welcome to Employing Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Karen Gimnig. And I'm Paul Tevis.
1: Each episode, we start with a question and see where it takes us. This week's question is enforcement or feedback?
0: So this is a topic we've been dancing around for a little while, and it's a thing that, that comes back in a lot of the different uh, episodes we've done. And we've decided maybe we should just tackle it sort of head on here today. So one of the things that we've talked a bunch about before are the effects of enforcement, right? Of trying to make somebody do something. We've talked before about, you know, why do we have rules? When do we need to have rules? Um, And oftentimes we feel like we need to because we don't realize there's an alternative. and. We wanna explore kind of what alternatives to enforcing rules uh, can actually look like. And one of those alternatives that Karen kind of blew my mind with when she mentioned uh, it when we were prepping for the show is this idea of feedback. And so this is where we wanna explore a little bit today about um, what can happen if we think about feedback as an alternative to enforcing the rules.
1: I think it's worth pausing for just a minute to point to episode 40, where we talked about why you maybe don't want to do enforcement. And the the really short version of that is that enforcement will harm relationships. It, it's forcing someone to do something they otherwise wouldn't um, through some level of influence. And, and that will harm relationships, I think, really reliably. And I say sometimes it's worth it. So the idea is enforcement of rules is a choice. I think it's actually probably a pretty decent choice for certain traffic laws and you know, like pretty glad we work really hard to make sure nobody drives on the left side of the road. There, there are things where that enforcement is appropriate and useful, but it does come at a cost, particularly where there's a relationship that comes at a cost. And so what we're looking at today is, okay, if we decide that enforcement of the rule isn't worth the cost to the relationship or whatever other costs there may be to enforcement, what can we do instead? Like, okay, so we aren't willing to enforce it, but I still don't like that behavior. And and I want to say, I think here we're largely talking about behavior. And we're largely talking about behavior, I think, for which the person doing the behavior that I don't like is probably largely unconscious of both their choice to do the thing and also the impact that it's having on me. And so if that's the frame that we're starting from of, okay, we don't want to deal with this with enforcement because it's too expensive and we really would like this behavior to change and we don't think that this person is actively choosing to do a thing that bugs me or hurts me or triggers me or whatever the impact on me is, what is another option that we have?
0: And what we're really pointing to here is how can you influence away from the behavior you don't want and towards the behavior you do want without using force? And the um, you said it you know, very clearly, like people don't realize, one, that they're doing a thing or two, the impact that they're having. So when I teach people about feedback, uh, I say, look, feedback is information about the effects of behavior. That, that's what it is. Uh, and so I try, when I'm giving feedback to somebody, uh, to really just let them know, this was the thing that you did, which you may or may not realize, and this was the effect that it had on me, All right? And I try to frame that in such a way that uh, there is as little argument about that as possible, um, making it, you know, sort of very behavioral. Um you picked up the phone, you did this thing, right, things that a scientist could see with a checkboard, a clipboard if they're standing in the doorway, sorts of things, very, very, I don't care about your intent, your intent doesn't matter there, what you did is what actually creates the impact, um, and then, right, the impact also needs to be described in a way that that is hard to argue with, and how I felt about something is something that no one can actually argue with. You might tell me I shouldn't feel that way, but you can't tell me I wasn't angry. (laughs) I was angry and I can own part of that, but we can talk about that. And so what happens when we give people information about the effects of their behavior is that we give them the possibility to make a different choice. One, to recognize that they do have some choice. And then two, now they get to decide what they actually wanna do about it. Do they want to start to become more aware of this? Do they wanna work on this or not? And that I think is one of the things that preserves the relationship. Like I am trusting you to make good decisions with this information now that you have it. You didn't have it before and I'll probably need to give it to you again because a lot of the stuff is unconscious. But I think that's one of the, the things that it allows us to start to shape and influence behavior, but in a way that preserves relationship.
1: Yeah. And, and I think, too, that in addition to the things you said about being clear, you know, reporting the behavior that you saw without a lot of judgy words around it or assumptions of intent around it, um, I think the other part of that is to know that my video camera, my my little scientist clipboard that recorded all of that may not match yours. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of that frame is what I saw or the story I'm telling myself about what you did is Mm -hmm. um, because that opens up the possibility that I saw something you didn't see, or Mm -hmm. even that I saw something you didn't actually do that somehow You know, maybe a story got me through a third person or maybe I interpreted a thing or only I mean, who knows what, but if you and I are not in the same reality about the behavior, of course, we're not going to be in the same understanding of the impact. So, um, so I think there's this piece of owning that all I have is my perception Mm -hmm. and the impact that it had on me. And Mm -hmm. that's what, that's the information I'm giving you. And then the second piece I really wanna track with this is, I'm giving you that information and I'm giving it to you because I trust that you care. Because I trust that at the end of the day, you are doing the best you can. And part of the best you can is to work well with me as a team member, as a community member, as like whatever, within whatever our relationship is, that you are on your side doing the best you can, just like I'm on my side doing the best I can. And if the result of the feedback isn't the change that I'm asking for, it really helps if I can tell myself that that isn't because you didn't care, you didn't listen to me, I didn't matter, I wasn't valuable. Like we can clear all of that out of the way and go, okay, it didn't have the impact, you know, the feedback didn't have the impact that I'd like it to have probably because it somehow didn't work on the other side. Maybe it wasn't understood. Maybe it didn't land. Maybe the habit is too entrenched. Maybe that thing I don't like is a coping mechanism for some other big thing that that person, you know, like, don't take away the toddler's binky kind of thing. Like, we know it's bad for the teeth, but, the, but they need it for whatever reason. And, and I don't want to sound, you know, like pejorative about somebody's need for a coping mechanism, but we do all have coping mechanisms and if you strip away all of our coping mechanisms, that's not going to make us better at relationship.
0: This is very, very true. The the other piece around that is, and we've talked about this uh, before about boundaries, right? Where it's just like boundaries are sort of setting the rules for the, the rules for engagement. Like it's like uh, these are the conditions under which I can interact with you and, and have this kind of relationship with you. And if that condition's not true right now, and 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 despite the feedback that I've given you about it, that behavior is not shifting. I can choose not to engage with you while that's true, right? I, we can talk later. I can get into this thing. But if, if, the, if I've given you the f- feedback, if we've gone through that a couple of times and, there, and the, cha- the desired change in behavior isn't happening for whatever reason, then I can just say, you know, I'm not going to engage with you around this right now. And I don't have to hold that against you. Like, I don't have to think you're a bad person um, mm-hmm. for doing that thing. And also, I can say, to preserve what the relationship we do have, I'm not going to engage with you around this right now. And so I think that's kind of a like, but we don't have to go to the force, right? That's actually about how I can take control of my own behavior when I'm noticing that this, this shows up, um, rather than saying, well, you have to follow these rules, or we need to make a rule about this so that I can force you to change your behavior. Um, So I think that that's another piece in there um, about how, you know, when feedback doesn't produce the desired, uh, the desired shift in behavior, because it won't always.
1: Yeah. And I want to say a a few words of caution about that. You know, what you're doing isn't working for me. So I'm going to create some distance here, Um, which I agree with you is an appropriate boundary. And we need to be really thoughtful of how we're using it. Um, I, I recently saw a study about, Um, the effect of the silent treatment and the psychological harm that it does. And it was actually Mm -hmm. pretty stunning how hurtful that Mm -hmm. is. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I I think we need to be careful that we're Mm -hmm. not using it punitively, that we're not actually in an enforcement kind of energy. And I think one of the things that helps that be true is if, if it's possible, which it's not always, but sometimes it's possible to say, I'm not willing to engage with you in the way that's happening right now, but I would be happy to engage with you this other way. I'm not willing to have this conversation on email. I'd be glad to meet you for a cup of tea. Mm -hmm. I'm not willing to continue this conversation with this emotional energy. I'd be glad to reconnect tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like figuring out where my boundary is and then giving a clear path for where the connection can continue. Um, and as I say, that's, that's not always possible. There are times that you want to, you know, fully step away. Like I've done that too many times. I'm just not getting back in Um, that. That's when the choice is to end the relationship. But if the intention is to maintain the relationship, um, creating separation without any path or timing or way for reconnection to happen will be hurtful and will probably be tough, Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not going to do good things for the relationship
0: going forward. It, one of the things in the sort of examples that you gave is that those actually provide more information to the person you're, you're setting, you're giving them to about what those conditions are, about what works and what doesn't. And to the thing that I think initially really intrigued me about this idea of, of enforcement or feedback is that oftentimes we find ourselves going to enforcement when we haven't been giving people information that that because enforcement doesn't require us to you know to give people information it's easy in a way but i've seen this all the time particularly in organizations right where it's somebody doesn't know that they're not meeting performance standards and and nobody wants to tell them until it's too late right and so then we you know and then we fall into this power over mode because that's really what enforcement is about right? Is is positional power and power over and things like that. Um, and it's hard, right? And people don't like doing it. And the problem is that we fall into it because we haven't been giving people information. Because we haven't been giving them feedback, because we haven't been letting them know about the impact that their behavior is having. And so I think that's another reason why feedback is an alternative um, to enforcement. Because again, it's about trusting that people will make uh, make good and reasonable decisions when they have all of the relevant pieces of information. And if we're withholding that from them, if we're not giving them that information, we're increasing the chances. That the only way we're gonna have to try to change the behavior we don't want is with enforcement.
1: Yeah, and, and this is something I imagine we say in many episodes, but I think it's worth pointing to why the enforcement option is so alluring. Um, part of it is it's our culture, right? Uh, you know, our, our, our third grade teachers didn't give us feedback about why talking out in class was a problem. They just kept us in from recess, um, <laughs> right? So it's, it's built into our culture deep. Um, so that's part of it. But I think the bigger part is that feedback is a two-way street. Feedback opens up the likelihood that I am contributing in some way Mm -hmm. And that I may need to look at my own behavior and how I'm part of the system. And, And even just feedback that's worthwhile is almost always in the frame of I'm putting myself out there. I'm naming what's true for me and what matters to me and a little bit about where my soft spots are. It's vulnerable space. So the feedback space is vulnerable space, whereas the enforcement does not. Enforcement is well within our comfort zone. And feedback for most of us is a stretch. In fact, the very best, if, if you're not feeling stretched while you're giving feedback, my guess is you could give better feedback. <laughs> like, Really good feedback is almost always a stretch outside that comfort zone. And while we can get better at it and more comfortable, I think honestly, we mostly get more comfortable with the stretch <laughs> not that it's less stretching. Um, and And the result of that is that that we just flip back to the old script of, well, enforcement is the solution for this, particularly if somebody else enforcing it is the solution to my problem. (laughs) And so that's where you get the, the choice. And so as we're thinking of reaching for enforcement, I think if we can really think about what, you know, how might feedback work here? What is my resistance to it? This was a question that came up in our conversation earlier too, is why are we resisting? And that's probably another episode. But if we can really engage with, can I be vulnerable and am I willing to be? And if I'm not, then what does that say about where I value this relationship? And maybe then I go a whole other direction.
0: Yeah. So to track sort of where we've been today, we started off by saying, go listen to episode 40, where we talk about the cost of enforcement uh, and, and about how rules don't require us to be vulnerable. And then today we've explored kind of the flip side of that and looking at what happens when we actually give people information about the impact of their behavior, um, how we can leave people a choice about what they actually wanna do, um, our options for choosing to engage or to create boundaries around behavior, continued behavior that, that we still don't want to interact with, um, and acknowledging that giving really good feedback is hard because it does require us to be vulnerable in a way that leaning on rules and enforcement sort of isn't, Um, and so pointing to when we can actually let the information flow, not just from us to them, but from them back to us as well, sort of in that two-way street, we have a greater chance of shifting behaviors in ways that are more productive and healthier for sort of everybody involved, and also without incurring costs to the relationship, and in fact, and sometimes leaving the relationship even stronger than it was to start with.
1: I think often. <laughs> yeah. And that's going to do it for us today. Until next time, I'm Karen Gimnig.
0: And I'm Paul Tevis. And this has been Employing Differences. <laughs>